The gospel reading for today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil things against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Word of God, word of life. As much as I love receiving blessing and giving blessing, I, I have to admit I struggle with this passage in the Bible that, that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount where you know Jesus says, blessed are all these poor and wretched people, people who are going through tough times. We call these words, you know, the, the, these words of Jesus, we call them the Beatitudes. It's Latin for blessings, it's just a fancy church word. But sometimes those Beatitudes feel like platitudes. Don't worry about your pain, you're blessed. It feels like these words should be comforting and encouraging, but sometimes they can feel almost mocking. Because too often in our world, the poor stay poor, the mourning get more depressed, the meek get trampled, the hungry are left empty, the merciful are taken advantage of, and peacemakers banging their head against the wall, and the persecuted often keep getting bullied. And so I struggle with these words of Jesus because sometimes it doesn't feel, when you're in those positions, like you are very blessed. And so these words, they can feel like some of those unhelpful things that people tell us when we're hurting. Don't worry, just be happy. Don't be sad that they died, they're in a better place. Don't be anxious, there's nothing to worry about. Don't be concerned that you're hungry, you'll go to heaven someday. Don't get all worked up, it's just a flesh wound. There's a lot of don'ts in there. Don't feel this way. Don't feel that way. And when people use that word don't, it's a lot of shallow comfort and hope. Often when we're saying words like that, we all say things like that sometimes. It's really easy for us to say it from a place of power. When our lives are good and someone else is hurting, and, and while we might mean well when we say those words, we say them to deal with our own discomfort, that somebody else is hurting. As if someone chooses to feel anxious, or sad, or powerless, or hungry, or hurt. If that was the case, we'd all choose to be happy. 
But the thing is that, that even though Jesus' words can feel like platitudes because we hear so many of them so many times, is that there are some very key differences in what Jesus says and does. The first is timing. The second is Jesus' relationship with people and their pain. And the third is what he says and does about that pain. So when someone is hurting, context and timing is critical. When a father comes to Jesus because his daughter is sick, Jesus doesn't tell him to get over it. He goes to his house and raises her up. When people are tortured by their demons, approach Jesus, he doesn't tell them to get their act together. He welcomes them and reaches out to them. When blind men come, he doesn't tell them that's just their lot in life, but they'll be able to see in heaven. He transforms their lives. When a paralyzed man is dropped through the roof in front of Jesus, he doesn't tell them to stop making a big scene. He heals him and forgives him. When 5,000 people are hungry, he doesn't send them away or ignore their needs. He feeds them. And so timing is important. And when Jesus is preaching these words on the Sermon on the Mount, it's not because one person came to him and is really hurting. Jesus is talking about the big picture here, about how God sees and acts, about how God brings justice so that when those tough times come, they're not totally hopeless. But in the moment when those things are happening, when people are feeling those pains, Jesus responds very personally. In those places, Jesus heals and reconciles and loves and speaks up for them. And so that's one of the major differences that Jesus, is the timing here that Jesus uses for these words. It's not in the moment of crisis. The second thing brings us, that brings us to the second important detail, Jesus' relationship to people and their pain. Jesus, when he says these words, when he says these blessings, when he offers these things and talks about how God works, Jesus is not acting as if he's uncomfortable. He's not saying this because they make him uncomfortable. Jesus never acts like he's invincible. Yes, Jesus is part of the almighty God, all powerful and all knowing, but in Jesus, God chooses to be vulnerable with us like a baby who has to depend on his parents. A child who has to flee persecution as a refugee. A young man whose father dies at some point in his life. A faithful person who gets mocked and challenged by the religious authorities, bullied by them. Jesus weeps when his friend Lazarus dies. He feels rejected even by his closest friends and he's beat up on and feels abandoned by God and even dies. And so Jesus relationship with people and their pain is real. He's not standing back and looking at pain. He is joining our pain. He can speak to those places because he has been there himself. He knows grief and rejection and bullying and physical pain and hopelessness. 
My God, my God, why have you forsaken me, he even says at one point. Jesus can speak to our pain and our fear and our despair because he is there with us. Because he takes them upon himself and shares them, even when it makes him uncomfortable. And so then when Jesus speaks from that place, it's of love and solidarity. Walking through the worst so that he can also bring us to something better. And that brings us to the third part that makes these words more than just platitudes, the content of what he says and does. Nowhere does Jesus say, don't. He doesn't say, don't mourn. He doesn't say, don't feel bullied, don't be anxious, don't do any of these things. He doesn't tell people to change their feelings, to change who they are and what they experience. He doesn't dismiss their pain. He joins it. And Jesus sits with us and is with us and spends time with us. And when the time is right, he helps us see that there's still a future for us. That life gets better. That what is around us right now is not all that we will ever feel for the rest of our lives. And so when the time is right, and timing is important, Jesus gives them other things to feel. For those of us who are grieving, he gives us new life and new love. For those who are despairing, he gives a path forward. For those feeling weak, he gives power. For those who are anxious, he gives strategies. For those who are worried, he offers his help. He doesn't ask them to give up their feelings. He gives them something new to feel. And he never promises something that he can't deliver. And so I think Jesus is this wonderful model of compassion and love. Jesus is like that best friend who sits with us in our pain, who gives us permission to feel our feelings, who cries with us instead of trying to fix it and holds us and just feeds us Kleenex. Jesus is one who knows us well enough, knows his own discomfort well enough, so that he knows when the time is right to start giving hope and new feelings. Who, when we've let go of all those horrible sobs, begins to speak. Maybe you've had a friend who, in the depths of your pain, eventually tells you something that makes you laugh. And with this snot-filled nose, you snort in all of its ugliness and beauty. God knows just the right moment and the right thing to say to help us feel something different. Jesus tells us what we can expect from God, that comfort and peace and mercy, joy and laughter but he delivers them with more than just empty words because he is vulnerable with us, because he acts when the time is right and gives us what we know that we need. And so we can learn from Jesus ourselves when we are comforting someone else, when our loved one is hurting, 
we know that timing is important and that we can let them go through denial and anger and bargaining and depression and all those things, even when it makes us uncomfortable without asking them to change their feelings. We can join them in their pain wherever they are and let them feel it. And instead of swooping in from above with answers and fixes to just be with them. And then when the time is right, to give them the tools they need to heal. To give them new feelings to feel. But also know, too, that when you are the hurting one, when you are the one that's in the crowd that's hearing these blessings and really needs to hear them, notice where God is and what God has given you. Know that you don't have to change your feelings. You are allowed to grieve and mourn and hurt, feel distress and despair and struggle. You're allowed to feel those things. But know, too, that when the time is right, God will give you comfort and power. God will give you satisfaction and mercy, vision and hope, renewed identity and purpose. And it might just be through that person who's sitting there in that pain with you. And may you be blessed to know that it will get better without you having to let go of who you are. Thanks be to God. Amen.